It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, not sure I've ever experienced a week like this in sports, let alone golf. How then shall I live? Well, we'll get there. The PGA Tour is in Canada. LPGA is rolling the dice down in AC. Jason Gore is here to preview the U.S. Open in Boston. And Wade and I, well, you can't stop golf's most entertaining hour. Turn it up. Let's roll. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. Choose not to life of imitation. Alright, let's get it running. Plenty to cover this afternoon. Holy moly, what a week in golf. What what happened? What do you mean? I I've I, I've been at home all week. I don't have a TV on. You know, a couple maybe it was a couple Fridays ago. Uh, Stranger Things came out on Netflix. It did. And my kids are like, hey, when are you going to watch Stranger Things? I said, I've been watching it all week. All week long. All week long. I mean, this is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, if not for pride, I guess there's ego. You know, I Would mean. Would you say predictable at all? Some of it. Um, knowing the parties involved over, you know, my last like, you know, 40 years of watching golf or whatever, 35 years of watching golf. Uh, you know, nothing at this point surprises me, but to a certain degree, um, I don't know. I guess like you and I are genuinely good people. So at some point you kind of, you pull the reins back a little bit, you know what I mean? But like, and you figure out that like the round peg in the square hole is just not working. Sure. So, sure, sure. you know, maybe find another hole or maybe. find another peg. I've you always know? said, find another hole. That's all you got to do. Oh man. Easy. And you know, it's just like, this is unbelievable. You know, it's like enough about me. Let's talk about me. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and it just keeps going on and on and on. And, uh, um, you know, and I, I'm conflicted about the whole thing because we have to talk about it, not only just in a golf sense, but in a pop culture sense, sure. because humanity um, sense. Yeah. And like, you know, being descendants of Darwin, you know, things change, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. But, um, at the same time, and it's not even like being a homer for the PGA tour. I am a homer for golf. Yes. And I and I can't figure out yet whether or not this is good for golf. Change is a good thing. I've always been an innovator, change uh, proponent at the club and everything. And, and and there have been times where I've made mistakes and been criticized for things. But I think overall, pushing forward is a good thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, some of this is, is uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, we're also going to get into it with my good friend Jason Gore, who's going to take us up to Boston. And we're going to talk about next week's major championship, the U.S. Open that's on the docket. There's a lot going on with that, and uh, we'll spare him the live conversation. But uh, um, that's for sure. I want to keep him as a friend. And uh, the ladies are down at the Jersey Shore. It's a three-round three, uh, three round tournament, so they're only starting today. So I don't have round one scores yet to report on. But they're there at Seaview at the ShopRite Classic doing what they normally do. And you know what? Some people say this is... Maybe not good for the women's game or whatever, but I, I think it really shines a, a positive light on them that how unified they are sure. in their cause. Now, granted, they're not at the level of popularity, of course, and money and sponsorship and all of this that the men are at. But still, at the same time, when you go to an LPGA event, you get the idea that, you know, if the field's 100 players, that one through 100 are all committed to what they're doing. You right. Know? Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I love covering them. But 
This other thing that's going on, and of course, we've got the PGA Tour up in Canada. Um, They're playing the RBC Canadian Open, and they had round one yesterday. They're playing at a great golf course, St. George's Golf and Country Club. Really fantastic spot. Stanley Thompson, who is a famous golf architect up in Canada. This is probably one of his best works. And if you get a chance to watch this weekend, definitely tune in. Um, There are some great players there. Contrary to what other people may have you believe, but there are some great players there. And uh, Wyndham Clark is one of them because he shot 63 yesterday. He's your first round leader. Matt Fitzpatrick, who everybody knows, he's warming up for the U.S. Open there and a return to the country club. But he shot 64 yesterday, six under. Harold Varner, the third, Doug Gim, they were tied for third. Your notables, Sam Burns. Uh, three under Scotty Scheffler, number one in the world, one under uh, Rory, Tony Fino. They were four under. And, um, you know, I think about those guys like Rory and JT that are up there. Right. And they keep getting asked all these questions and Scotty Scheffler and they just keep getting asked all these questions about these guys that aren't there. Right. You know, right. right yep. To me, that's just got to be a little bit bothersome. Now, we'll get right into this here. Uh, the Live Golf investments, um, they started yesterday, round one. Um in a shotgun and they went out and in four and a half hours, everybody was done with their round and we'll get a little bit into the um, semantics of how that all came together and how that could maybe help golf. And we'll, we'll definitely Where have, it take place. Uh, London. Okay. Yeah. They're just outside of London, did a place you, called, could you watch any of it? Yes. You could stream it on YouTube. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You could stream it on YouTube, which I did yesterday. Um, in fact, the guys over at stick and hack had it up okay. and uh, okay. they had, they had a live feed, um, pulled from somewhere i don't know but i was watching it through their feed of course and charles schwartzel who's a former masters champion um he shot five under 65 and there's 48 players in the field uh really all anyone cares about is dj and phil and they both shot one under um 10 guys shot under par the golf wasn't really good um i guess i'll start here we'll start with what happened yesterday right the shotgun all the golf being done one day in four and a half hours that's awesome. Okay. That's great. You know, from those that cover it to those that want to watch it to those that want to digest it, You're all down of that, with that. Right. I mean, I think everyone ha- would have to be. Here's the issue, though. We don't have 12 hour days in golf because we want to. There's 156 players in the field in Canada. Right. Right. There's 48 in London, folks. You know, do the math. So maybe you have two shotguns or something. I don't know. You know, we will see. On the first day, a shotgun works. But I can't wait to see how they cover the last day when you have not only individuals vying for the championship, but you also have teams. And they did a cool thing with the scoreboard and they copied it from F1. But on the left side of the screen, when you were when you were streaming, there was a scrolling scoreboard where you could see all of the scores and the teams and everything was getting highlighted and it kept scrolling and moving. Now, everyone's name was abbreviated. And because I don't know. I I mean, like I'm into golf and I probably don't know 35 of the guys in the field of 48. That didn't really help me. Right. You know, the abbreviations. <laughs> yeah, the abbreviation. Well, some of the names, um, because, you know, these guys are from the Asian tour or whatever. I mean, it, it was like, you know, four consonants, you know, like, yeah. you know, W <laughs> W V V X. It's like, oh, what even is, abbreviated. It was really long. Yeah. You know, like I'm saying ESPN 920 W V V X. You know, I mean, you know, on your listening ear, radio, it, it's like, um, but the, but the leaderboard was cool. The shotgun was cool. The coverage, um, it was like listening to a Boston sports event. I mean, it was like the homers. I mean, everybody was like, this is the greatest golf thing ever. I'm like, well, come on. You know, like, uh, you know. Take that sliced bread. Yeah. I mean, you try to be just a little bit impartial, you know, and I get it. You know, everyone has their own biases and that's fine. But um, overall, 
drone footage, mics in the cups when the ball goes in, it rattles a little bit. It's kind of right. cool. Leaderboard was cool. I don't, you know, I, I mean, I've run a lot of golf tournaments. You can give and, a good grade to the presentation. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the presentation was very good considering it was their first one. Right. I, I would even say it was borderline on excellent. They right. did a really good job. Um, the things that, you know, we might be picky about, they could improve on. I think one of the funniest things was that if you wanted to get the scores, where would you go? Well, you're not going to go to PGATour.com, right? No, okay, You're, you're not going to go to any, any of the other affiliates over here. So you had to go to their website, live.com, right? Or livegolf.com, whatever it is. Don't, don't quote me on that. And you went there and they didn't have a leaderboard yesterday. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that uh, was Guys, a, hello. That wasn't up and running. McFly? Huh? You know, I was like, <laughs> it wasn't. Then it was today. Um, but it's, it, it. Uh, Livegolf.com. There you go. Thanks. If you want to go over there and uh, they, well, you know, they, they start this morning because they're five hours ahead over there. So um, they are wrapping up the second round of three of their 54 hole no cut event. Um, the no cut thing, the 54 holes, the Thursday through Saturday, obviously I'd prefer a Friday through Sunday. Um, but those are all things that they can change. Those are all things that they can improve right. on. Um, but the lead up to this thing was like otherworldly. You know, the uh, I was watching the news this morning and they're talking about NASA is going to start looking into UFOs. Great. Right. I mean, they should be looking into London right now. I mean, I, like, I don't know what was going on. This thing is like it's crazy what's going First of all, on. Isn't that a job for the Space Force? Not NASA. Yeah. Space Force. Remember that Space Force? Oh, man, you're taking me back there. But I mean, just go through the week. Monday. Right. We start this and Phil throws out another apology and. He announces he's down with Liv for $200 million. Right. You know, if that's a lot of money, I don't know. Oh, they're paying him? I, don't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and well, I mean, you know, this has been my point all along, right? I don't like the way this thing is being handled mm -hmm. because it's all about the money. And you can't convince me otherwise. Of course. Right. If you go back to the PGA championship and I was on a pod the other day and I said this to somebody and they asked me, they said, what do you think? And I said, well, the fans will ultimately decide whether or not this is digestible content, whether or not they like it, whether or not it's compelling, whether or not it even matters. Yes. Right. Yes. OK, because if, if I go down the street in New York City and I ask 100 people who DJ is right, maybe 10, though. Mm -hmm. OK, this is the reality of it all, folks. This is the pure reality. The, the people on the street know three golfers, Tiger, Phil and John Daly. That's it. Okay, and I love golf, and my wife, my life has been surrounded by golf forever. And you know, I know all the names and everything. And the people listening to this, they're they're golf lovers too, and you know all the names too. But outside of that, you know, this whole kind of um, storyline and everything, I don't think a lot of people are catching it. So I think that the fans will ultimately decide whether or not this thing takes off because they they call it an empty bucket of money. You know, or not an empty, an endless bucket of money. I was going right? to say, what is that? An endless bucket of money. Strike that, reverse it. All right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, someone's using this to make business connections or to do, I mean, Saudi Arabia just didn't wake up one day and say, hey, we want to ruin the PGA right. Tour. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, they're they're right, doing yeah. it for a reason. Yes. And obviously, you know, all of that being considered, it's just interesting then how they rolled this thing out because the, one of their sayings was, oh, we're going to supercharge the game, right? But they didn't like stream the draft that they did, which was a new and compelling thing that could have been, right? Um, the press conferences were a bit of a mess, right? So now we're getting into Tuesday, 
right? We come out with the team captains and the team names and everything. And I don't know who made these up, right? <laughs> yeah. But whatever kindergarten class they did, they used, like they need to like they need to work on that, right? Uh, it's just it's just all very interesting how this is coming together because in a, in a traditional sense, the golf industry even in sports has been some of the latest adopters to anything. And I get that. Right. So there's a lot of pushback on this and you see that. And, you know, on, on an aside, I mean, what would the, what would the world have done without social media this week? Right. Could you yeah. imagine if like all of this was happening on a daily basis and then you had to wait until like ESPN sports center came on. Right. Right. Yeah. Like like. imagine the pressure on those anchors, right. To cover all of this stuff. I mean, there was things changing by the half hour, by the hour, and it's just going on and on. And it's like going left and right. And then all the reactions that are on Twitter. I mean, it's just, you know, the, the confusion, the anger, the frustration, the, the enjoyment then, you know, I mean, it's just, I, it, it's just unbelievable. Right. Um, I did get a, I did get to see a picture of DJ fat Tony. By the way, from the draft party, yeah. And he wasn't that fat. Really? Yeah. And I didn't see a spelling of his name. They just kind of introduced him. And then they showed, you know. It's a fun name, then. Yeah. Maybe it's with a PH. Not all fat uh, Tonys are fat. I don't know. Uh, I just, that that was kind of surprising to me or whatever. Uh, Tuesday, we get back to USGA announces that, you know what? If you've qualified for the US Open, you can play. So we're not telling Phil or DJ no. Okay, well, uh, can't wait to go up there on Monday. Yeah. Which I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, That should be an S show. You know, um, it should be unbelievable. It, uh, you know, one of the things is that (laughs) there were some great press conference moments on Tuesday where they went after some people like Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood, where they were like, you know, if if Vladimir Putin put a golf league together, would you play in it? Like, like, and Lee's like looking at him like, what is, what what kind of question is that? And like, well, wait a second. It's kind of relevant. Time out, time out, time out. That's London. Okay. We're going to Boston. We're going to Boston, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like the Golf Digest of the world, they will they will dance, you know, around the subject a little. I mean, right. they'll get in there or whatever. But, I mean, <laughs> we're going to Boston, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember back in 1999, right? I lived around the corner from the country club in the Ryder Cup. And we were all celebrating that Sunday night. We were in the local bar. And then one of the guys goes outside. He comes running in the bar. And he says, and he says you guys got to come out here. We all go running out there. There's guys driving down the streets in golf carts. Right. Yes. That they had stolen from the property. Yeah, I believe you. Told because me. they. I mean, it's. I mean, like, what do you think the crowd's going to be like? You know, I mean, it would be anything short of New York. You know, or, absolutely. And if not, if, if if anything else, they would want to set themselves apart as like we are New York. Yeah. You oh, know? absolutely. Like, I mean, and, and by all means, let them have it. But I can't wait to just walk around and see the theater. You know, people are like, oh, will they boo? Golf, you know, golf fans don't boo. I was like, well, uh, <laughs> I, I think there's actually stronger words than that when it comes down to it. You're not supposed to throw batteries at Santa Claus. Either, I don't know. I don't, here we are. I mean, they had the White House press secretary as the MC, Ari Fleischer. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. They had Phil's press conference on Wednesday, right? It, it, you had these golfers trying to explain sports washing and all sorts of other terms that, yeah. like, they really just, just like, some bad decisions were made. What are you going to do? Let's take, let's, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's take a DJ. Oh, you know. you've never made a bad decision? Yeah. You've never assassinated a journalist? Come on. You've never beheaded someone? You know? I mean, I don't know, man. You know, I, my take on this is yet to come. You know, I yeah, think a lot a, of people are overreacting. You can reserve judgment um, for sure. I want to see the thing come to America. I want to see them run two or three events. Um, I've heard takes, by the way, on other stations where they say, you know, hey, everyone has a price. If you got offered to 
you know, uh, times your, your salary by five, would you take it? And to which we could say, but for us, you know, us working class, that's like winning the lottery. For some of these guys, it's yeah. really not. It's just more padding for their, their future bank accounts. It's not life changing, really, for some of them. I mean, if we're going to sit here and talk about it and someone came to us and they said, you know, Wade and Keith, would you cover it for five million dollars each? Of course we would. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe. Um, we'd think about it. We're not going to say no immediately, though, for sure. Man, like I said, I'm conflicted on all of this. Right. I love the golf. Put I don't want to see. Yeah. I don't want to see the field separated. I don't want to see in a time where the game is so popular that all of this, you know, basically negative press is going on. Um, hopefully we'll figure things out. I'm sure we'll be talking about it a week from now. It's not black and white. We'll see um, what colors develop. You know, when when we talk about all the good that's in the game, I'd rather talk about things like, you know what, you know, and that's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The foundation recently opened the Inspiration Golf Range located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Burns Township. The multi-purpose facility, which is open to the public, will host golf programming for youth, veterans, and individuals with special needs. To support the foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Well, it's 315 here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with the USGA's Jason Gore. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm gonna win big. Choose not the life of him. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. Mark, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Now, as the Celtics are on the verge of another championship, golf's greats are heading to Boston. There's no better buddy of mine to help break it down. Move aside, Jason Tatum. Jason Gore and the USGA are coming to town. The most low-key golf facility in the world is about to host the country's biggest championship. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. Move aside and let the man go through. <laughs> I only imagine if the, the country club knew I was playing this for them. Give him the volume, Wade. Let's roll. Let the man go through. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. 
Speaking of the man, let's bring him on right now. I know he's on the line. Jason Gore, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon? I am doing great. How are you, sir? Oh, man. Any better would be a fairy tale, my friend. It's all good. I am uh, I am super psyched for next week. I get to go up and uh, spend some time with you and the USGA folks, and I, I'm really looking forward to this championship. Well, we can't wait to have you. The golf course looks fantastic, and uh, it just it's going to be an awesome week. So let's jump right into this. You know, there's been a lot of distractions in the golf world this week. So we're going to put them aside, and I want to talk about the country club. As a player, you know, most of these guys haven't really seen this place. I know some of the guys were there for the amateur, but overall, most most guys haven't seen a place like this, right? When they pull in and they start to play practice rounds, what's their first impression going to be like? Um, it's, a great, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I think it's going to look like when you pull down the, the main drive here off Clyde Street and you pass Francis Wee Metz house and you turn right, and you, you drive in past the Par 316, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, there's fescue growing, there's big bunkers, and, you know, it's it's just stunning. Like, this this place just feels like a U.S. Open, right? It feels like it should be a place where it's hosted, and, and you walk, you, you drive in, and you drive across the 15th fairway, and you look up, and you just see these, these just this glorious green, you know, perfectly shaped fairways and bunkers and thick rough i mean it's just it's incredible there's there's it's just such a distinctive look here at the country club and it's, it's uh such a classic feel and like this elevation change and there's these amazing small quaint putting greens that that have slope and and it's just it, it's a really really cool place and you know like i remember watching like i was a huge curtis strange fan growing up and uh like all the way down to a ping zing two putter and a max slide ball, right? So I was a I was that kid. Um I love that. And remember and remember him watching him hit shots around this place and win, you know, his first of back to back US opens. It was just uh, coming here was like everything I imagined what I grew up watching. And it's just it's it's an incredible place. Well, you know what you mentioned there, coming here. Right, so I'm gonna steal that phrase for a second. I think this is the 17th USGA Championship that the Country Club has hosted, and it seems like this one took a little while to put together. Right, you know, how long has the USGA been, you know, trying to acquire um, getting to the Country Club for one of these U.S. Opens? Well, I've only been here for three years, but after listening to John Bodenhammer yesterday, um, I guess they were, you know, they the Country Club had invited us to host the U.S. Open here, and which was so kind of them. But I guess it really wasn't didn't come to fruition until after the U.S. Amateur here in 2013, and to see the the reception the players gave it, and you know just seeing how the golf course played and and you know it, it checked all the right boxes for a U.S. Open Championship, and um, I think it was after that. I mean, you know, like it's a founding club of the USGA, one of the four founding clubs. So you know we have a lot of history here, and it was just kind of one of those things that just it it felt right and let's do it and you know like i said before i got here um i just can't be more excited i think that's just how it was and once the once the success of the 2013 u.s amateur year with matthew fitzpatrick winning and you know a great field of now very popular tour players um it's uh it just seems like a no-brainer 
you know, I think back to that 1999 Ryder Cup and I was working in Boston at the time at one of their sister clubs called Brayburn. And, you know, the golf course really kind of suited the players, but the game's changed a lot in the last 25 years. You and I both know that. Right. And, you know, what have they done to the golf course in order to get it ready for the best players in the world? Because they've made even more changes since 2013. You know, we have a different routing. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. Um, What else did they had to do to it? since 2013 well um the country club folks uh, brought in gil hans to make you know kind of a little bit of a restoration slash modernization of renovation right so you know moving a couple bunkers like they reworked the bunkers on 18 and if you go back and look at the bunker shot curtis strange hit in 1988 to get up and down to uh to win like you could see half of him uh, you couldn't see half of them. Anymore. I don't think you could see Manupol's head in that bunker. And um, it's, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of deeper, deeper bunkers, more, I like to say more dramatic bunkers. But, um, you know, I think what, what this place brings to the table and brings for our championship is that you have to think off the tee around here. It's not just go to the biggest head cover, pull it off and swing really hard. Like there's, it's a placement golf course. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you have to you have to work the ball, you have to shape it, you have to control your trajectories, you have to, you know, move it in the right direction. And I love that. Like I just I don't like golf courses. Well, shouldn't say I don't like them, but I prefer golf courses where you have to walk up to the tee and strategize. And and this place is certainly brings all of those elements. You know, there's the championship five um, is 296 yards front. And, you know, it's tight. There's, there's this huge, I don't even know what it is. It's like a plum tree on the right that sits all the way to the ground. You know, it's green eye, right? There's fescue all around it. It's got this little, this little postage stamp of a green with deep bunkers, but you know, it's, it's, what do you hit off that tee? Do you go ahead and try to do it, try to hit driver and, and see if you can make two or, you know, I think it's one of those, it's a great short hole that you can make six just as fast as, trying to make two so it, it requires it requires a lot of mental fortitude to get around this place and to play it smart it's just not a it's not a bomb and gouger place you know you talk about the the variety of scoring there you know you can make an eagle or a birdie on that hole you can make a double bogey quite easily and then that's a drivable par four i mean let's let's talk about some of the harder holes right um do you think in some ways you know people always akin the u.s open to like even par is a good winning score now, it, you know, it's tough to do that. But do you think that a golf course that isn't a million miles long and takes this kind of a tactician to go around, do you think something like even like a winning? I'm not I don't want you to predict a winning score, but is is even par going to be a relative number in this championship? I, I think it will be. I mean, it, listen, it, these guys are so good and it looks like we have a good weather forecast for next week. But, you know, Boston in June. Can't, can't promise anything, but if it, if it gets soft, and I think one of the things that, that our team here has has really tried to focus on is not preventing great players from hitting great shots, right? Like, I mean, playing on tour for however many years I did, like, these players know when they hit a perfect shot. And yeah. it's not that often, but, you know, you know when it leaves the club face, you're like, okay, that should be good. You know, like, you're yelling, be right. And you know, like, if you miss it a little bit, and then you're kind of hoping for something good to happen. And we don't want to try to stop them from hitting great shots. 
And, you know, whether that means a great shot is defined by 12 feet, 15 feet. I mean, I don't, I don't believe that every hole should have the option to hit it two feet, right? Like, I mean, a great shot could be defined by, you know, 15 feet. Sometimes a great shot should be just defined by the right shot, right? Like, I know you and I have talked about this before, like, you know, eight iron might be the right club, but seven iron is the right shot. Yeah. Right. So, you know, to a front pin. So, um, I, I think it's just one of those kind of things where they're going to have to think, and we're not we're going to tempt them to be a hero and to, you know, if they, they really want to be aggressive and try to hit something, you know, a, a heroic type golf shot, they better pull it off. Right. I mean, there's, there's fescue and rough and, we have no problem growing grass this year. So um, it's been a lovely spring. It's been a little chilly, but right now, you know, we had a perfect amount of rain yesterday and, you know, the golf course is growing. So we're going to have some, some thick rough and, you know, if it gets wet out here and these players drive in the fairway, they're not going to be able to throw darts. I mean, they're just that good, but, you know, and, uh, but if they miss it and it's wet, the rough is obviously going to be much far worse because it's going to be heavy and thick, but, you know, if, these, if this place gets firm and fast, who, who knows what's going to happen? But, um, you know, I just I just never want to underestimate how good these players are. And, um, you know, and I just – and the other thing is, is we don't really care about score. We want to put together a a good, solid test. And if they play great, they play great. And we, we don't want to stop that. You know, I think that's a really – that's a really important point. Jason, because I think 10 years ago, score kind of defined championships to a certain degree and people kind of obsessed over that. And now it seems like, well, if, if we have a, a great dramatic tournament, you know, then isn't that better than us worrying about trying to steer people down a certain alleyway or whatever? And, and I think that that is a really important distinction of how things have evolved the way that people run golf tournaments. And I know that's a huge part of, you know, why you're and, and we're talking to the Folks, if you're just joining us, the the year that I'm talking to is Jason Gore, and he is the director of, you know, player advisory and championships and does all these wonderful things for the USGA in order to make the championships more relevant and to resonate with the players. Right. Whether they be men, women, amateurs, you know, juniors, et cetera. So I'm very interested in, you know, how you feel things have been going because this is a majority of what you do for the USGA is that, you know, you build this, this great championship and you hope that everybody likes it as much as they can. I mean, nothing is perfect, but you know, is there something new and exciting you're even trying? I know you've tried a lot of different things at Wingfoot and at Pebble beach and you keep advancing things, but you know, Torrey Pines last year was a great championship. I think John Rahm, you know, in the end, it was a very compelling victory. He birdied the last two holes. Cool. Or right, the guy wins. That's great. You know, what kind of things are you continuing to do to evolve this year at the country club? Um, I mean, we're kind of, we're kind of sticking to the playbook, right? Like, I mean, we're going to put together a, a, a difficult test, um, a demanding test that, you know, like we use this phrase a lot and it's, we want every club in the bag to get dirty. And, you know, we want to test music, uh, physical, mental, um, you know, tactical, all, all these different facets of the game. And listen, if they pull it off, then they should, they should be holding the trophy. And, and it's, it's, it, that's important to us. We're not, we're not out to, you know, we're not out to look for a score. We don't, we're trying to take ourselves out of this. Like, I think that's what the team is, has been important. Like we don't, we're not trying to make this about us. This is about the championship. This is about, 
the great players that play the game, the, the players that have earned their right to be here. And if they if they pass the test, then good for them. And we're not we're not out trying to 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 make something that that we think is proper. Like we're we're putting together a test. You know, it's going to have rough. It's going to have it's going to have proper hole locations. It's going to have good greens. And we just need to, you know, we, we just need to do it right. And I think since, you know, in the last few years, I think we've done a great job with this. And, uh, you know, we've got three great champions and, and I couldn't be more proud of what, what our team does. I completely agree. And the one thing that I always get kind of curious about and, and think about this from a fan's perspective you mentioned you want every club in the bag to get dirty, right? And I, and I love that idea. All types of shots need to be played in order to be the winner this week or, or next week in the U.S. Open, right? But how does the USGA accomplish that goal? Because I also have a lot of operators that listen to this show that run to- golf tournaments themselves. And I think that there's, you know, some best practices in there. Maybe you could relate to them. Um. I think we just have a playbook. Like, right, we have a plan of going into it that we're going to have X amount of rough and the green speeds are going to be here. And, you know, it's like, it's not a, it's not a cookie cutter approach, but it's a plan. It's, you know, there are greens out here that, that we're going to have to pay a lot of attention to because there's so much slope, you know, they're old. A lot of these greens are the same grass that Francis, we met one on. Right. So, I mean, sure. this is a, you know, and for sure, Julius Burroughs one on. So, you know, there's the times have changed with, with agronomics and, and, maintenance and all this stuff. So we have to be careful of a few things, but you know, we're, we're not missing, we're not missing any finite pieces of what's going on. Like, I mean, we're walking around looking at bunkers saying that, you know, the seed head of this fescue probably shouldn't be there. And, you know, and going in and saying, well, this rough is this, this fescue is too thick here. We need to thin it out. Like there is a finite, um, attention to detail that, that, that our team's going through. And we want to put together a championship where these guys are proud to play in. They know it's going to be tough. We want to, we want them to know it's going to be tough, but we don't want it to be unfair. We want it to be playable. We want to reward great shots. And, you know, I think it's just the attention to detail is what, um, is what we're really focusing on. And we want to get this right. And we have full confidence that we will. And it's, that's important to us. And we want to, you know, we want to showcase these great players, but we also want to showcase the country club and the United States open championship. Now I want to talk a little bit more about this golf course, but I got to jump to a quick break. Can you hold tight for a couple seconds? I'm here. All right, man. Appreciate that. Up next more with the USGA's open operator, Jason Gore. Thanks for listening to ESPN nine twenty. let the man go. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. 
Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com. you got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the Pro Show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Jason Gore. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Now, we are going to see golf taken to the limit this week. Certainly, some Maverick will win, but to do so, he'll need to avoid the danger zones of the country club. I love it there, Wade Weezer. You know I love my pop culture. And uh, Jason and I are about the same age, so we grew up on Top Gun. So I, I, uh, I know what you're doing there. Uh, welcome back there, Mr. Gore. Um, let's get back into this golf course for a second. And uh, I, I think a lot of people listening out there, they're not as familiar with this place as maybe you and I are and the history of the game. Back in 2013, you had the U.S. Amateur there. There's actually 20 guys that are playing next week in the U.S. Open that participated in that amateur. Is it is the course going to be the same? Is it different? I mean, how much? I mean, I know the routing's changed. Like, what? Why did they move the routing around? So um, a few years back, Gil Hans came in, and uh, first off, thanks for having me again. Um, <laughs> Gil Hans came in and re re redid hole number, which is Championship 11. It's this little short. 130 something yard par three down the hill and he came in and reworked the green and it's it's fantastic so um changed it around uh took out what, what would have been the fourth hole for the u.s amber i believe and um we put this little hole and this is the hole they used to walk by to get from from 10 to what was 11 and um i'm sorry it was 11 to 12 but um it's it's just an awesome little hole. It's it, I'm looking at my yardage book right now. It's 124 yards from the back edge of the tee. So if you got a foot in the rough, it's 124 yards, and it plays down 10. So I mean, we're looking oh, wow. at gap wedges, end wedges, pitching wedges to this this wonderful green that's um, that's got this infinity look over the back. It's it, you know you put a back hole location, and you're really going to have to test your your intestinal fortitude to fly something back there and or control your spin, right? Like, or, so it's, it's a great little hole. It's, it's the one that, um, that I'm certainly going to, if I was buying a ticket and was going to come here and, and watch, I'd, I'd go sit by, I mean, every hole out here is fantastic, but this one certainly would offer some, um, some, some heroic shots and some disasters at the same time. You know, it depends on how you want to play the hole. It's really easy to probably make to play the hole, in 12 for the week, right? Just hit in the middle of the green, two putt, 
move on. But, you know, I think there's so many hard holes out here that you get to this little one thinking it's a birdie opportunity. And the next thing you know, I mean, you're, you're busy. Right. So, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's another, it's another one that can, you know, four or five can jump up just as fast as one or two. And, um, it's just, it's just a fantastic hole. It, that hole reminds me of the seventh at Pebble Beach. You know, you stand on that tee and you feel like you could throw it on with your arm. And then next thing you know, you, you could be fighting a six footer for par. And you're like, how did this even happen? And I think that, you know, Gil and Jim Wagner's unique view of championship golf, and we're really getting to see it on display because as great as Southern Hills was, the country club will be equally as great, but it's going to be totally different. And I think that that really is the genius behind those two guys. I mean, it's going to be really cool. I think about the hole that really gets me is it's now going to be number 14 is that par five on the back nine. And the way it played in the Ryder Cup, I think that that hole is really going to blow some people's minds. How would you tackle that hole? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's going to be so important to hit the fairway. If you drive in the rough there, you are in for a long, long hole. Because you have to lay up to like the base of this hill and it's a blind second shot or blind third shot to a green that, you know, yeah, that's kind of guarded by a tree. I mean, it's you have got to hit the fairway on that hole, and it's just it's a constant uphill battle if you do not. So, like, it's a par five that I think, just as it is. I mean, if there was inch and a half rough around the golf course, um, is would play over par. It's just a hard hole, and you know, so it's 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 going to be vital to hit it in the fairway there. You're just constantly like fighting uphill battle from there. But, um, you know, it's got a small layup area on top. And if you, if you execute two well-played shots, well, then you're looking down the, you know, you're looking down the, the barrel of it to make, to make four. And, uh, but if you don't, you, you're, uh, you're fighting. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you have to be so strategic on that hole in order just to get up. I love a forced carry that isn't water, right? It's just the most unique thing. I mean, they have it like Pine Valley. I know there's a great one at the Wissahickon course at Philly uh, Cricket Club. You know, like, it's just like, man, that there's land there. I should be able to do something, but you can't. And then this one has elevation to it. I just think that's going to play as one of the coolest holes, like number three in the championship. I just think that, you know, you mentioned about buying a ticket. I, I would really just want to see players approach because it's a par five. They're going to they're gonna try to, you know, like bang a, a, a round peg into a square hole. They're going to be like, I need to birdie this hole. And, you know, if they don't hit the fairway, it's just going to be really telling. You know, and it's just one of those things. And you talk about hitting fairways, right? And you talked about buying a ticket. Well, my friend, you'd be closer to playing in this thing than you'd ever need to buy a ticket. If you were approaching playing in this championship, what would you be working on in your game? What kind of skills would you like? It's the week before. What would you be finalizing this week in your game to ensure that you had the best chance to contend? I'd tell you what, I would be working on working golf shots, right? I mean, there's going to be a couple of holes like like 13 where you have to hit a right-to-left shot into a, you know, it's kind of got an Olympic club feel where it's a, it's a dog leg left with the hole, with the fairway sloping left to right. So you have to hit something and bounce into that hill and, and try to hold the fairway and I would really just be working on controlling it off the tee. And, and, you know, like I always called it when I, when I was playing on tour, I always had a second serve 
right? So it's like one that's going to get in the fairway. Like I just, I, that's what I called it. I don't know why, I don't know where it came from, but you know, just make sure that you have a swing that gets the ball in the fairway, like 14, like it's not going to be a reachable hole, but dang, you better hit that fairway or you're done. And, um, you know, just work on flighting the golf ball, controlling it, um, turning it both ways, um, you know, and hitting shots around the greens, being creative with in the rough around the greens. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's not many runoff areas, but like the approaches or the fairways are tight. I mean, tightly mown. Um, and the approaches will be firm and, and, um, well, hopefully if we get the proper mother nature cooperates with us and, you know, there, there's ways to play this golf course, but it's not from the rough. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have to be uh, very creative if the ball gets off, off, you know, out of position. So, um, I would, I would just go work on finding a, a club or a swing that's some, something that's just going to get the ball down the fairway. Cause it's not overly long. It's not a, a brutal 7,800 yard test. And it's going to be, um, just, I, I think, it, I think this, this golf course opens up the field to, you know, some of the shorter hitters and some of the longer hitters. It's not just a, a bomb and gouge paradise. It's, it's, um, really control your golf ball. How do you think the guys are going to handle these mounds? I mean, they this is something, and, and people are going to, when they're first watching this on TV or they show up and they're walking around, they're going to see all this crazy mounding all over the property. And basically, they're piles of rocks that they just couldn't deal with 100 years ago when they were designing the golf course. But it, it's kind of this weird, very unique thing about you know, playing golf in New England is that you have all these like crazy mounds and lies and everything, you know, like how, how would you prepare for something like that? Because at, at the end of the day, I think short game, because it's not a super long golf course and because it's a U.S. Open is really going to help define our champion. There's no question. It's, um, you know, it's the creativity that a player that a player needs around this place, because, I mean, you know, it's like the ninth hole. You can go ahead and hit driver. It's a, it's a downhill par four, but it's got this huge rock formation under the under the grass, right? And it's just got this massive downslope that if it gets a little, if you get a little aggressive, the ball you can hit it right down the right side of the fairway, and the ball will end up in the water. But once again, that's a, that's a hole that's it's it's probably three iron, you know, depending on the wind, it's probably three iron seven iron. You could be aggressive and try to hit driver down there, squeeze it in the fairway. But is it necessary, right? Like, I mean, it's not a, it's not like you got, you're gonna hit three iron off the tee and wipe it off because I gotta hit it again. You know, it's 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 a short little hole that makes you think, and it's it's, um, you know, players can get aggressive, and if they get aggressive, they're gonna obviously the you know the reward's gonna be, it's gonna be great. But is it necessary? Is it worth it? And that's that's where you have to stand up on the tee, do your homework. Trust, you know, hopefully your caddy's giving the right information. Sorry, I'm an old player. I won't, you know, yeah. <laughs> always blame the caddy. Right? Um, but, um, you know, just be prepared. Be prepared. Have a game plan and stick to it. And, you know, like that's the one thing that I always look back and I'm going to talk about myself right now. But, like, in the 05 Open, I was in the final group and everybody goes, well, how'd you play that bad on Sunday? I said, well, I tried to win. You don't try to win U.S. Opens. You play golf, and hopefully you're the low guy at the end. Especially around, like, I started going at pins where I shouldn't have, and 
you know, instead of sticking to my game plan and just saying, all right, well, I'm going to see how patient I can be. And if I get a birdie look, I'm going to, you know, try to do the property, try to make it or try to, you know, give my best effort to make it, but not do anything unnecessary. And I just, I started to, to press and do things unnecessary and got away from my game plan. And next thing I know, I signed for 84. And that was the one thing I learned. It's like, at a U.S. Open, you do not try to win the U.S. Open. And I know that sounds very tin cup, right? You, you don't win the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open wins you. But um, you just have to stick by your game plan. And, and hopefully by the end of the 72 holes, you're the lowest guy. You, you played it the most efficiently. And it's not about being aggressive. It's about being efficient. And that's what we're trying to uh, to accomplish here this week with how we're going to set up the golf course and how we're going to present the golf course. And that's um, that's what's important. And if, they, if these players are efficient and they shoot whatever they shoot, whether it's 10 under or 10 over, like we're going to hand them the trophy and we're going to be proud because we knew we did our job and they did their job. They just, they just, they played great. We're not going to stop that. Well, you know what, Jason Gore, I mean, that's an unbelievable share, you know, from the moments there in the final round of the U S open. And uh, hopefully everyone that's listening either rewinds that back or at least they, you know, (laughs) they pay attention to what you had to say there because so many times golf takes you out of your element and we're just not aware of it enough. And uh, it happens to the best in the world. It happened to you. And it's just very interesting. And uh, you can almost see it take place on TV. And certainly if you're there on the property, you can see it take place. And that's one of the things other that's like the last thing I want to touch about is that, you know, rumors are you guys are sold out. 175,000 people are coming over the course of the week. This is our first full fledged U.S. Open in like three years. Right. How how excited is the USGA, your team, everyone to bring back all the fans at such a historic venue? We couldn't be more excited. I mean, listen, like just like the players said when, you know, they were playing during the COVID times, it's like they missed the electricity. We missed, we missed the electricity, too. I mean, I remember my first U.S. Open working for the USGA was Pebble Beach. And, you know, I was there for, I think I started in March. So I was there, what, three months? So I was as green as it could be. And, you know, the next one was at Wingfoot and then – where we had limited fans so it's like now selfishly i'm actually i actually sort of know what's going on barely i mean let's not give me too much credit here but um <laughs> i'm excited like i'm excited to feel the electricity from the fans i'm excited to 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 be a part of how they put on a show and like i i know i'm biased but i i think even growing up and i'm biased because you know I, i'm a proud usga staff member but I'm by, like this was the this was the championship I putted at, at five years or at eleven years old at at night to win. You know, I, I putted five footers to win the U.S. Open, and that's I don't know. Like to be here is like surreal, and to be a part of it is is like it's really cool. And, and you got a lot of people in our organization that love the game and and just appreciate what what our job is, and and it. Uh, it's just, it's incredible to be a part of. We miss the electricity. We can't wait to welcome the fans back. This is going to be something that's it's going to be unprecedented, at least in my time, which isn't very long. But I couldn't be more excited to, to see the fans. I couldn't see, be more excited to hear the roars. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an incredible week. 
you know what? That's it right there, man. I'm going to wrap on that because I tell you what, I couldn't be more excited to get up there. I know you're already up there. I know that the fans are just going to be legendary. I was there at that 1999 Ryder Cup on Sunday. It was beyond electric. And I know that you all know how to run a championship and the drama that's going to take place. Hey, I'm biased. I love the PGA of America. We had a playoff with Will Zalatoris and JT. So have at it, USGA. Get the best championship you can because it's great for golf and it's great for all of us. And it's great having you here on the pro show. Thanks so much for the time today, Jason. Always great being here, Keith. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. All right, man. Look forward to seeing you next week. Folks, we are running into 4 o'clock quite quickly. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. I'm coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, you know it, the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So you got to wait at 650 G's. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns your round into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be motivated to keep pushing yourself further. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game, the Stick and Act Challenge app is the perfect way to add some extra fun to your golf game. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. And uh, yeah, of course, this is a good, good choice here. I love it. Um, podcast will be up tonight on all platforms. I'll get to that. And uh, if you're listening in Boston, 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Hit that Listen Now button. Give me Bowie. I don't know what I was waiting for And my time was running wild in me in dead end streets and You know, this, this song really hits this week, you know? I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, speaking of funny, get on social media and check us out. TikTok, man, at, at Read the Line. Um, Instagram, Twitter, we're there. We're talking about all this stuff all the time. And... Uh, just having the best time. And of course, if you haven't subscribed already, shame on you, but uh, there's still time. Readtheline.com. Go on there, subscribe, and uh, cha changes. Well, I guess we could stop right there. If you want to be a richer man. Yeah. You know what? And if you get those riches, why not go out and spend it with our friends at TaylorMade? You know, over the past 40 years, golfers have inspired TaylorMade to make a lot of great drivers. But as we know, all eventually reach their limit. TaylorMade has been hard at work making the next generation of drivers. Because where titanium ends, carbon begins. 20 years in the making, the carbon wood age is here. You know what? I, I keep using my TaylorMade, my new stealth uh, carbon wood, three wood and, yeah. uh, and driver. Oh, man. You don't put you. Any, uh, People any, don't like it. You don't put any paint or white out on the on the the head of it do you? oh no yeah oh god yeah <laughs> can't do that hey for, for everything non-whiteout related go to taylormadegolf.com 
I'm going to do my best this week, but there there was basically only one story all week. So yeah. we're, here we go. We'll have some fun with it, though. How about this one? Don't let the door hit you. Kevin Na's resignation from the PGA Tour stunned a majority of golf fans, but delighted one of his fellow players. Five-time winner Na released a statement on social media over the over last weekend, which he announced he was relinquishing his PGA Tour membership to avoid a legal dispute with the tour over his decision to play with Live Golf. I am sad to share that I have chosen to resign from the PGA Tour. This has not been an easy decision, not one I take lightly. I hope the current policies change and I'll be able to play on the PGA Tour again. The news sent shockwaves through the game and predictably drew a withering response from fellow pro Grayson Murray. Non Murray traded insults in an ugly Twitter bust up back in January in Hawaii, which had them then go into a full escal- full blown escalated confrontation on the driving range ahead of the Mexico Open in April. So when Na made his announcement via social media, Murray did not disappoint. He said, like I said on the range in Mexico, you won't be missed, Kevin Na. Our rounds just got 20 minutes faster. <laughs> oh, man. I don't need to add anything else there. How about this one? What's in a name? I just got to go down these. These are unbelievable, right? <laughs> the team names on um, Live Golf. The Four Aces, Ooh. the Niblicks, the Majestics, the Ironheads, Stinger, Cleeks, Crushers, High Flyers, Fireballs. Can you get around to Fireballs? Please, yeah, yeah. Sure, I like those. Smash, just Smash. Uh-huh. Torque, Punch. I mean, I, I get it. Like you when the Orlando. <laughs> yeah. When the Orlando Magic came out, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, it, it, it took a while. It's it's really tough. I mean, my Washington Redskins, I, I kind of the, the football team name grew on me, so I'm okay with that. But then we right. got now it's Commanders. It, I mean, but like, you know, the Ironheads. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I I don't even know. Um, there's there's a million of these things here. I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to go. All right, we're gonna go with this one. Hot takes on geopolitics. Graham McDowell accepts it is incredibly polarizing to join the Saudi-funded Rebel Golf Tour. And he offered a reason why. He said, take the Khashoggi situation. We all agree that's reprehensible. Nobody is going to argue that fact. Well, that's good. That's a good start. (laughs) I really feel like golf is a force of good in the world. And I just try to be a great role model to kids. Okay. All right. I'm just reading this. All right. We are not politicians. I know you guys hate the expression, but we are not. Unfortunately, we are professional golfers. And he goes on and on. It's just, I mean, we want to be great role models. Okay. How about Taylor Gooch? He said he didn't agree with live golf was a participant in sports washing. He goes, I don't think that's fair. Also, I'm a golfer. I'm not that smart. I try to hit a golf ball into a small hole. Golf is hard enough. I try to worry about golf and I'm excited about this week. Okay. You know, how about uh, how about when they ask DJ for comment? Uh, I would pretty much say the same exact thing. I'd agree with what Graham said. It's classic, man. I mean, they're rolling these guys out. It's just classic. All right. How about this line? This is my line of the week, right? By world, right? By world number one, Scotty Scheffler. All right. Up there at the Canadian Open. You know what he said? I haven't really noticed anyone missing this week. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Thanks to our sponsors. We couldn't do it without them, and we would be missing them. So, TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation. Next week, you'll catch me live up at the U.S. Open there with Jason and everybody else competing for the USGA. Wade Weezer, appreciate all you do on the board. Most importantly, my listeners. Now, before I go, now before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about patience. No impulsive decision was ever the right one. Just because the world seems out of control doesn't mean you need to react. Great leaders always act when the time is right. 
I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.